Hi folks, Jack Spierko here. Today you are listening to an episode of TSP Rewind. <laughs> Commercial free versions of past episodes. Podcasts blast from the past. I put these up when I can't do a show due to professional commitments or rare vacations. These podcasts will appear in standard iTunes, Stitcher, and other feeds, but will be titled TSP Rewind Episodes and numbered accordingly. Alright guys, and today we are rewinding back again, one day uh, less than we were the day before, like we did with another period during this uh, series. We're going back to July 12, 2012, episode 940, Stephen Harris on dealing with a large-scale blackout. And so you heard yesterday's show, and so you know kind of where we left off and where we're going. Kind of what I wanted to add to it, kind of building on what I said yesterday in the, the new intro for the series with the, the Rewind, is what a great topic to share with your friends and family. And, you know, you don't need to kind of push TSP on them early on. Like, this is a great topic for, like, you've listened to yesterday's episode, now you listen to this episode. And now you take the steps that you've not yet taken and you firm up your blackout plan. And then the next time you have that resistant relative or friend over, it's like, can I just show you what we do for a blackout? Because what they're thinking is, I got to put in $20,000 worth of solar panels. And we all know how Stephen Harris feels about that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to torment the Harris. I'm going to send him uh, uh, an email to answer for the air. And I'm going to tell him that I'm spending $40,000 to put solar panels on my house, whether he thinks it's a good idea or not, but I want his opinion. Taunting the Harris. What a great game. He's probably listening to this, so I probably can't do it now. Anyway, so they, you know, people are thinking, like, you got to go off-grid or whatever, and it's just like, no, look, I, I have an inverter, and it's attached to a piece of 2x4, and all I do is pop the hood up on my car, and I attach it to my battery, and idle the car, and I can run my refrigerator, you know, for a few hours a day, and gee, that's all you need to keep your food from spoiling, you know, and to keep your freezer from defrosting, and we, we keep some frozen bottles of water and all the empty space in there, which helps with the thermal mass, and if it gets, we're out without power, and it's going to be more than a day, we just throw a bunch of blankets on it, and other things that you're going to, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, shit, I can do that. And I think that's one of the keys to getting people into the preparedness lifestyle. When people have that moment with anything, oh shit, I can do that. And I want you to think about how much that's applied to so many things from this show. How many of you contacted me at some point and said, Jack, I've started a business, it's going pretty good, we're starting to grow, I'm starting to get customers or accounts or whatever, because one day you said blah, 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 and I thought, well shit, I can do that. Or, you know, one day you said what I do matters. And no one ever really said that to me in a way that got through before, but it did. So now I'm, I'm off living this lifestyle. See, like as soon as people realize like there is something I can do, it's not that hard, and it will benefit me to take that action, all of a sudden the unwilling become the willing, and soon the willing become the evangelists. I mean, I've heard from people like my husband slash wife, you know, which depending on which one you're hearing from, got me to listen to you three years ago, and I didn't want nothing to do with this, but when I listened, it seemed to make sense. So one of the first things we did, I didn't really listen to that episode, but she did, and she said that we should go get some soda bottles from our friends, and we should fill, clean them out fill them up with water, keep some in the freezer, and keep some here so we'd have water on hand. And then one day, we didn't have water service to the house, and I was like, holy crap, all this water's here, and now I'm out telling all my friends to do this, and I'm doing that, and I'm doing that, and i got a garden, and I mean, it's amazing what happens, right? And this is the on-ramp. Not for everybody. For some, for some people, like the best on-ramp is gardening. 
People are like, well, I've always wanted a garden. Well, then that's what you talk to them about. Whatever they say, especially your spouse. Like if you're talking to your spouse about preparedness, and she's like, well, maybe we could put away some bottled water. Yes. Right, little side side thing here, right? Like I'm flipping the spouse or getting anybody involved. Whatever they say, unless it's like, maybe we should dump gasoline on our asses and set them on fire. Like unless it's something like that. If it has anything to do with moving in the right direction, it is the most brilliant idea you've ever heard. And let me help you get it done. That's that's the approach because it is the getting done of a couple steps in the right direction to where the person goes, it was easy, I can do this, and I feel better about it now. And then the first time it freaking pays off. So let me ask you a question. If you reach out to friends and family, and half of them tell you, I don't want to talk to you no more. Some of you know what that's from, right? I don't want to talk to you no more. Okay, anyway, we won't do Monty Python today. But, you know, half of them just don't want to talk to you about it. You say, okay, fine, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to push it. But the other half say, yeah, I can do that. If they take some steps toward being prepared for a blackout, what are the odds in the next 12 months they're going to have a blackout? Or at least some of them. The odds are pretty good. And what are the odds that when they have that blackout and they use those things that they put in place because you told them to, that they're going to say, I want to do more. And they're pretty high. Because I believe when it comes to saving this country's true culture, it is not about saving it at this point. It's about restoring it. You talk about losing the culture that is America. To me, a lot of it is lost. But a lot of the stuff that they make, you know, big giant hyperbole about, you know, whether it's mainstream radio, whether it's Fox News, whether it's the alt-right or the alt, all of those groups, right? Like the stuff that they really go nuts about is really not as important because it, it's not even anywhere close to the majority of people that think that way. It's a, a few useful idiots that are framed in a certain way to make you feel like it's everywhere. But you know what has been lost in America? The spirit of self-reliance and self-sufficiency. The majority of people in this country cannot look after themselves for a week without systems of support. And that has weakened who we are as a nation. That's what I love about Stephen Harris, specifically this two-part series. Simple steps toward recapturing that. Think about that as we go through today's episode and we rewind back once again July 12, 2012, episode 940, Stephen Harris on dealing with a large-scale blackout, part two. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way. Hi, folks. This is Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man to the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life if times get tough. Or even if they don't, today is July 11, 2012, and this is episode 940 of the Survival Podcast. We have a repeat appearance. I think it's the first time I've ever had a guest back-to-back -back one day after the other. Stephen Harris is uh, hanging on the line, and we're going to finish up what we started yesterday. This is just how much effort Steve puts into uh, putting materials together for a show when he is a guest on my show. It's uh, it's pretty phenomenal. And uh, yesterday we talked mostly about some basic stuff with backup power, using your vehicle for it, and uh, how to keep your food from spoiling in your refrigerator. It goes right in line with the blackouts in the Northeast right now. 
Today we're going to expand on that and take it to its logical conclusion about keeping your, your batteries backed up, uh, your cell phones uh, still operating, your radios, and everything else. And basically having power all the way through a blackout, at least as long as the gas lasts in your car and how to keep it lasting as long as possible. Uh, I'll tell you what, this is stuff that if the people that are dealing with this crap right now had known in advance and, and got in place in advance, it would have saved a lot of misery, a ton of misery. And we had an outstanding interview with Stephen yesterday. I'm bringing him back on today. Here he comes for his uh, 10th appearance, or 11th, I don't even know anymore, uh, but definitely won't be his last. And with that, hey, Steve, welcome back to the Survival Podcast again, man. It seems like I just talked to you yesterday. Yeah, seems like it. Ten, ten visits on the TSP show. Woohoo! I'm in double digits now. Well, you're also the first person to ever do two in a row. But the reason I had you back on is the topic we're talking about is dealing with you know long duration power outages, more than a day. Yeah. And we covered a bunch of great stuff yesterday, but we focused heavily on refrigeration and the basics of how to set up power from your car. But you promised to teach people how to like never run out of AA batteries, how to watch TV, all kinds of other cool stuff. So I've got you back to talk about that today. Okay, guys, we are going to move through some of this material because I have about an hour and a half of material to cover in an hour. So Jack and I are going to move through it. If you have, I'm not going to sit there and explain it three times like I usually do. I'm just going to explain it very well once. So you might have to skip back and listen to part of it again or listen to the show twice. Okay, so use your MP3 player for what it does and use this. But Jack and I are going to move through this. Cool. So let's start out with, like, TV. Okay, right? let's talk. Your main stuff that's dead. Your TV's dead. The main TV's source of dead. Kids are angry, it's hot, they're mad, they're screaming at each other. If I can put the freaking Teletubbies on, or well, I don't even know if they're on TV anymore, the Wiggles, the Teletubbies, whatever, they'll shut up and sit down while I figure out what to do. How can I get the dadgone TV running? Okay, uh, your main source of, this is your main source of news and information, your TV, okay? So it's really like a big thing. Now, if you have a 37, 42, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90-inch TV, um, it's going to have to be powered off the big inverter off the car at idle, okay? It's always good to have a smaller TV. If you can find yourself a 4-inch, a 7-inch, or a 12-inch, or maybe at most a 17-inch TV, I mean, they're all less than 100 bucks a day, uh, these will run off a low power off the inverter, which means you don't need to have your car idling. You can just draw it off the battery. You can plug a DVD player into it that you can get for 30 bucks. That thing draws like 5 watts, and you can plug in the DVD player into the TV, put the DVD on, and help keep the kids a little bit less nervous and let them watch um, SpongeBob while you and Mom are taking care of the other things dealing with the disaster. And do not forget to have a set of rabbit ears or external antenna for your TV so you can pick up the new digital TV over-the-air stuff. If you have a cable box and a power, power failure, the cable will be out, okay? So you're just not going to work. You have to use the, the antenna. You people with a direct TV or dish TV, well, if your dish is still pointed at the correct spot because it's, the tornado hasn't blown it off your house, you can power your dish or your DirecTV box at the same time as you do your TV, and you'll have one source, you'll have one great source of information come in. You'll have all your TV, CNN, everything else, okay? Now, the, these cable boxes can be small power hogs. They are a computer, they're hard drive, and everything on their own. They draw between 50 and 100 watts of power. Yes, I have measured them myself. The norm being closer to 50 watts is what your modern cable box, your DVR, sucks down. Uh, let, me, let me add something there for you real quick, Steve, on the, the dish and, and what have you. A lot of times people will have, like, the big, robust one with the DVR in it. Maybe they'll have two of those, and they'll be running, like, four TVs off of that. And then you want, like, a TV in Grandma's room, 
and they mm-hmm. have the old school receivers that are just a receiver, yep. they draw a lot less power, and that might be the one you want to run in this scenario. Yeah, that old school receiver, that would be a um, over-the-air box, and um, that would be to convert a, a non-digital TV over to a digital TV. No, I'm TV. talking about Dish Network DirecTV. Okay. Uh, they have, a like I think it's a 979 receiver or something like that that's like for just like the extra room. Yeah. And they don't have the DVR and all that crap in them. They're just a satellite receiver. It, it, with that's the new um, uh, kangaroos thing, the hopper thing, it might be required to pull off of the main DVR. It might get its, its signal from the main DVR. So I, 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 I'll, you'll have to look into that yourself, everyone who's listening. I can't answer that for you right now because I got Comcast. Now, um, so anyways, if you're having to run your DVR box and your big TV at the same time, your car might have to be idle. It might have to be on for 30 minutes, off for 30 minutes, on for 30 minutes, off for 30 minutes, okay? Just keep an eye on your power usage. If you go out there and you turn your car over and go, and starts up, you know that you let it run for too long. If you go out there and turn your car on, it goes click, 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 you better get a jump. You let it run for way too long. So now radios, almost any radio, you can leave plugged into the inverter in the car all day long and never have to start the car. A draw, a radio draws you know, about nothing as far as power goes. It's very little power from the inverter. Just plug into the inverter, into the cable going to the inverter in the car, and you can just leave the inverter in the car and listen to your radio all day long. You don't need to worry about starting the car or anything else. It draws a little power. Again, you have an extension cord plugged into inverter at the car, and that cord is run into your house. This is your own little mini power grid. Best place to get an extension cord is at Walmart or Home Depot or Lowe's or your local department store. I do not have a cheap one on Amazon that I can send you to to order, okay? I got everything I'm talking about listed at solar1234.com, S-O-L-A-R-1234.com. You can get everything from Amazon that I'm talking about. I am enabling you. If you don't want to buy from Amazon, go there, look at the pretty pictures, go find it locally, okay? Do do whatever <laughs> you want the, to do. On the power cord, the extension cord, yep. is there like a minimum gauge you would recommend or something like that? The standard uh, orange ones, those are going to be uh, 16 or 14 gauge. Again, I mean, if you're running, if you're running low power, like you're running less than 150 watts, it can be any size extension cord. It can be the lightweight ones. They have these lightweight green ones that you get that are really cheap that for like you're running just your weed whacker. Um, those will work just fine. Uh, if you're running your 800 watt inverter, even the green cord would be fine. But your orange one, which would be 14 gauge, would be um, good. And I actually have these yellow ones that are from Home Depot. They're 12 gauge. I mean, they're expensive. They're like a yeah. buck, they're buck a foot. But when I do some serious power stuff, like I want to run my electric chainsaw off my Honda generator, I have that great big 100 foot 12 gauge cord. And I mean, it's it's a beast. It lasts forever. Okay, great. Okay, also, your radio might run on AA batteries, okay? Most radios do run on AA batteries. Uh, And this leads me to the next subject, having an unlimited amount of AA batteries for your disaster. What runs on AA batteries? Your radio might. Your small LCD digital TV might run on AA batteries. There's a bunch of headlamps, really great headlamps that run on AA or AAA batteries. In fact, one of my favorite super durable LED headlamps uh, is actually an Energizer. And most people you know I don't like Energizer too much, but they make this awesome headlamp made for construction workers. It's durable as heck, and it's listed on solar1234.com, and it's got the link to Amazon. Um, there's many tactical lights that run on AAA batteries, you know, like lights you put in your gun to light the world up so you can shoot the bad guy. These will run on either CR123 batteries or, or AAAs. Uh, obviously, the AAA ones are charger, are cheaper, and if you got 
a charger for running triple charging double A and triple A, you now have unlimited source of light from these. And um, <clears throat> these things are like I said, these are bright enough to find a lost child. Plus, the new ones have a low light mode on them and a bright light mode in them, so you can like take your light and put it on low light mode. I'm around my house, you can put on bright light. I want to find my lost child. All Absolutely, these, you extend the life that way. Yeah, that's right. So there's like a bazillion different brands and types of rechargeable batteries. Right. Uh, what ones do you recommend that people use? Okay, in the early days, the first rechargeable batteries were called nickel-cadmium. Okay, you're not going to use those. Okay? Those things have one-fourth the amount of energy of our current batteries. Okay, be careful. Nickel-cadmium AA's are still available. You're not going to buy them. They are used in like your little solar lights that go outside because they're so easy to charge and they're so durable. You are only going to use the only battery. I repeat, the only batteries you are going to use are AA or AAA nickel metal hydride batteries. And the only nickel metal hydride batteries you are going to prefer to buy today in 2012 is the pre-charged nickel metal hydride batteries. If it just says rechargeable nickel metal hydride, that's the older nickel metal hydride technology. If it says pre-charged or always charged on it, Duracell say always charged. Everyone else says pre-charged. Those are the newer chemistry nickel metal hydride batteries. And the difference, it's a long story. I won't take up the time here to tell you the difference between the two. But the newer ones have a much better chemistry and they're all about between 2,000 and 2,200 milliamp hours if you read the fine print. An alkaline battery is about 2,400 to 2,600 milliamp hours. So it's about the same size in power as an alkaline battery. If you see AA is listed at 25, 27, 2,900, 3,200 milliamp hours, do not buy those rechargeable batteries. They have a serious sacrifice internally. Uh, they sort of sacrifice their rechargeabilities to play this numbers game, making you think that you're buying a better battery. I mean, the batteries I'm going to tell you about, you can recharge 1,500 times. If you get one of these 28, 2,900 milliamp hours, you'll only be able to recharge them 50 times. So here we go. Here's the down and dirty. What you want is Sanyo, S-A-N-Y-O, N-Loop, E-N-E-L-O-O-P. Okay, those are my number one all-time favorite AA nickel metal hydride pre-charged batteries. If it says Duracell pre-charged or Rayovac pre-charged, that is also going to be acceptable. I'd rather you buy the Sanyo than the Duracell and the Rayovac third. The Rayovac used to be my favorite, but they took my favorites off the market. They came back up with some new ones. I haven't run them through the paces for more than three months yet. Okay, I've run the Duracells and the Sanyos through the ringer. You can bet your life on these damn things, okay? So stick with those two. They are all listed on solar1234.com. You can get the links to Amazon. You can see them and buy them from there, or you can go buy them locally. I don't care. Just get them, okay? The Sanyo and loops, like I said, are my favorite, 100% above all the others. I use them in my personal stuff, or I've used them in the last five years. They beat the heck out, out of them, and they keep on working. The newest version of the end loops can be recharged up to 1,500 times. Older technology nickel metal hydride, the non-precharged ones, could be charged only about 500 times. Hey, but that's still fabulous. I mean, 500 charges of a AA battery is good. Um, you cannot miss the Sanyo end loops. They're all white in color. They're the only rechargeable battery that's all white. 
They're hard to find on the store shelf. I do see them at Costco. That's the only place I've seen them. So you're going to have to go online to solar1234.com, or you're going to have to Google them to find them. But uh, just go find, follow my links. You'll find them quickly. Okay? Everything, all devices I'm talking about today on the show have links to them, to Amazon at solar1234.com. They, all, they are all shipped by Amazon from Amazon facilities, not third-party sources. They all have the highest feedback ratings. Everything I'm telling you about, I've used. I've beat it up, and I love it, and so does everyone else. Because you go read the feedback of what people say, it's all going to be four to five stars for everything, and everything is Harris-approved. Like I said, it means I own them and have owned them for between six months and five years. Notice I did not say anything at all about Energizer brand nickel metal hydride batteries. They don't have a AA nickel metal hydride that's worth a crap. They are all older nickel metal hydride technology. None of them are pre-charged technology, the low, which is the low self-discharge technology. The Pink Bunny does not have a damn thing when it comes to a good nickel metal hydride battery. <laughs> the Pink Bunny has a great headlamp and a good 15-minute charger that I'll mention later, okay? They do have, a, I mean, they have an awesome little headlamp, but uh, they don't have anything. But, again, if you couldn't find anything in the world but Energizer nickel metal hydride batteries, you had nothing else available to you, they're still good, okay? They'll charge 500 times. They'll work. I'm just saying there's they're better. They're not the best. They're better. I'm here to tell you about the best. Okay, Jack brings you the best. He demands the best of me. I mean, really, Jack. For all you people listening, Jack demands he, stuff. He talks to us about. He demands that we bring our A game. That we bring the best stuff to you, and that's what I'm doing. Okay. It took me six hours to write the stuff I'm talking to you about. Incidentally, I get that is how damn dedicated I am to Jack and you people. <laughs> I wish everybody was like you, Steve. You make my job easy. Yeah. I'm here right now to tell you what works for power failures, and that's a good thing. But I don't feel right saying, you know, buy an end-loop battery and you drive to five places or cast you to the wind to find it on the Internet. That's why I'm telling, about, telling you about it right now, and I'm, and I'm telling you to go to Amazon. It's a big company you can trust. They have a you know, great refund policy. Um, and they sell stuff at Walmart cheap prices, and I'm all about enabling you, which is education and where to get the tools I just taught taught to you. Cool, man. Um, so I think people should be not just buying a bunch of these batteries, though, and sticking them in the charger and having them there in case something goes wrong. They should be, like, using them in their everyday stuff, right? That's right, you and the kids. Use them in your remote controls. Those things are always taking AA, AAA batteries. I want you to buy 16 or 32 of these Sanyo in-loop batteries, okay? I want you to put them in everything. I want you to put them in your remote controls, in your flashlights, in your headlamps, uh, in your flashlights you use on a semi-regular basis. I want them in your kids' toys. I want your kids to be able to put them in their toys themselves. I want your kids to go, oh, my toy's dead. Take the batteries out. Go to the charger on the table and put them in and recharge them and know when they're ready for him to use them again. I want the kids to do this themselves. That yeah, way if, if they put them in their wireless Game Boy controllers or their yeah. like Sega controllers and shit like that, they'll be expert battery chargers. You won't even have to tell them how it works. <laughs> That's right. I mean, this is the best stuff for a disaster because they're, they're now going to be pre-trained on how to have an infinite amount of power for their entire life. You're teaching them good habits, okay? So 
their favorite flashlight. When the batteries die, they go to the charger and they get some more batteries. They put them in themselves. I want the kids to know this cold, okay? I want the kids to know how to do this under stress. And I want you to know how to do this under stress. That's what we do by using a big – plus you're going to save money, okay? You're not going to be buying alkaline batteries anymore and putting them into your stuff. You're going to be using rechargeables. I mean, there's 50 cents to a dollar piece right there you're, you're saving. Now, speaking of chargers, this is another subject I can't just cast you into the wind trying to find a good one because there are so many AA nickel metal hydride batteries out there that suck. Okay. <laughs> well, what kind of chargers are there, and what are the ones people should avoid, and what are the ones that people should definitely look at making part of their preps? Okay, Jack, basically the chargers are going to fall into three categories, okay? There's going to be chargers that run off of USB power, okay? You, like, put two little batteries in it, and you plug it into your computer to recharge two AA batteries, okay? These can take 16 hours to recharge two AA batteries. Forget those. Stay away from those. Then there are some Energizer and Duracell brand double uh, A or in triple A battery chargers, they'll run off the wall or a car cigarette lighter and will charge four double A batteries in 15 minutes. Okay, these are fast chargers. They have fans added to them to keep the batteries cool. I got one of each of every one ever made, okay? I can tell you which ones are, are, are the good ones. And for some people, a 15-minute charger is good. If you're in the jungle in the middle of Africa, and the local missionary comes by once a week in his Toyota uh, 4x4 to your village, and you can run up to his truck, you can charge four batteries every, every 15 minutes, okay, that he's sitting there waiting for you. And if you've got two 15-minute battery chargers, you can charge eight batteries in 15 minutes, okay? And this is going to be a lot of little batteries for you. This is what I call power harvesting, okay? It's a subject I teach to the military. But this is a subject I'll teach to you on a different day, a different TSP show. Also, these chargers have to charge at least two batteries at a time. Two at a time, can't do one, can't do three, has to be two or has to be four, these are cheap chargers. There are there are cheap chargers that charge four batteries in four to eight hours. Ignore these as well. Then you have chargers. Here we go. We have chargers that charge your AA or your AAA batteries in one to two hours. When you read the back of it, make sure it says I'm gonna. It's gonna charge the AA in one to two hours. Some of them do creative marketing. It says, charge this battery in one hour. And you read the back, it says it charges a AAA. And AAA is half the energy of a AA. So make sure it, it, the package says charges in one to two hours. The, these one to two hour chargers are your sweet spot, okay? These are the ones I like. These are, these are the ones I use on a daily, if not a weekly basis. And the one I like the best holds eight double A or eight triple A batteries in any combination, you know, double A, triple A, triple A, double A, it doesn't matter what it does. And it'll do in from one to eight batteries at, at a time, okay? And it charges each battery individually. I can put in two batteries now, come back half hour later, put in one more, come back ten minutes later, put in a triple A. It doesn't matter. It charges each one individually. So they can go at any time in any order and they'll be all charged perfectly and there's an LCD gauge on the front of each in front of each battery so you know when it's charged. Okay, the big thing is this charger I'm talking about, I'm going to tell you about, kids love this thing. It's the easiest one for them to use. 
because your three-year-old can drop it into a slot. He doesn't have to know that he has to charge two at a time like some other chargers. It's the easiest one for you to use. They are made by PowerX, P-O-W-E-R-E-X. And I have my favorite ones listed from Amazon on Solar1234.com. Here's the funny thing. Now listen to this. My favorite one is the one of the chargers that does up to eight batteries in two hours. There is a more expensive one that does eight batteries in one hour, but it has a big-ass power supply that hangs off of it. It's awkward, okay? The two-hour one is nice, has a nice small wall wart power supply. You can wrap its thin cord up easily around it and store it with a charger. Eight batteries in two hours is fast enough okay eight batteries in two hours is like four batteries in one hour and it's a much better charger i got both these chargers linked at solar1234.com even though i put the one hour one up there get the two hour one save the money on the and buy the cheaper two hour one and just get extra double a or triple a batteries and I think if you make a practice of always having the dadgone thing full up, then you've always got a whole thing of batteries there, and you've got all the other stuff in your devices, and as they wear out, you rotate them through. So it's a lot of resiliency. It's, it's a very smart charger. You can leave eight batteries in it all the time. It'll just sit there, and it'll, keep the, it'll, it'll dribble energy into them like for a second every hour <laughs> just to keep the things 100% perfectly charged. So you know when you go pull them out of the charger, they're 100% no matter what. I, I cannot say enough things about this PowerX charger. You can go off and buy other ones if you want to, but I'm telling you, if you want something that you can trust your health and safety to that's not going to fail you, get this particular one I'm, re- I'm referring to. I got no other alternative means or anything. I mean, I literally have nearly a hundred double A batteries. I could make a museum of double A battery chargers. You are a double A battery charger hoarder. I'm going to Hoarder. call Hoarders. Remember the show Hoarders? Yeah. I'm going to get them to come to your house and, like, clean out all your leftover battery chargers. My house is pristine it's my, because it's my <laughs> wife's house. It's my engineering <laughs> shop that looks like a Hoarders place. Anyway, uh, so, like, one of the biggest reasons that people want all this stuff is for light. I mean, it's fine yeah. during the day, but it gets dark. You get, you know, you're looking for stuff. You, I mean, without light, you can get hurt. I've always said darkness is one of the few things in the world that doesn't really exist but can hurt you. <laughs> because darkness isn't real, right? Darkness is simply the absence of light. And it doesn't exist, but if you walk into a dark room, you can bust the shit out of your foot or worse. Here's the here's the thing that'll screw your noodle around, Jack. I can't I can't see you. I literally cannot see you. I cannot literally see anything. All I can see is the light reflecting off of things, and we so, interpret we interpretate that as things, but we're not really seeing a thing. We're seeing the light reflecting off of it. So let you know, have a couple of beers and let that comment screw with your noodle for a little while. <laughs> okay. There are two ways we can handle a light situation. I'm going to tell you the simple way and the good way, okay? You can use either one. In fact, you should practice both of them. You, you should, for a weekend, just go throw the breakers in your house, turn everything off, and say, it's going to be a weekend without power, and we're going to fun. And the first thing we're going to do is eat ice cream. That's a good way to start it. <laughs> Let's say you got the $20 
Okay, I got two inverters up on solar1234.com. I got a $40 800-watt one, and I got a $21 150-watt one, okay? So let's say you got the $20 150-watt inverter I got on solar1234.com, and you have the AA, AAA battery charger I've listed there as well. I also have up there an Energizer headlamp up there listed because it's durable as heck. <laughs> they, they sell it at Lowe's. And uh, the one I like is the 7 LED one. I'm not sure if Lowe's has it, but they might have a 3 or 5 one. But the link's up there for the for the 7 uh, LED one. And I use it all the time. In fact, uh, when I go out on, on duty and do different things, I actually carry it in one of my pockets. It'll run on three AAA batteries for up to 14 hours. I also have a mag light flashlight listed up on solar1234.com that uses two AA batteries. It's an LED mag light. And it will run for 31 hours on low because you can, like, screw the cap once, it's on low, screw the cap again, it's on high, okay? And then actually you can unscrew the cap from it and set the cap down and set the light into the cap so it's like a little candle, just a little bare LED is sitting there, and it'll light the whole room up. It's really kind of, kind of cool. They did a good job of engineering it. Well done to Maglite. And so it's like a candlestick and light up the whole room, but, okay, you can do this, and it'll run all night. So you can run it. You can run either of these for 14 to 31 hours, and then you can put batteries back into it that you just recharged in two hours. So if the batteries are not em- empty, it'll take less time. I mean, if you only use half the batteries, you put it back in the charger. It won't take two hours to charge. It'll take one hour to charge it. Sure. So you can charge something in two hours that will run for 14 to 31. This can be your source of light in each room. You can just put a headlamp in each room and turn the thing on and leave it on. And walk around, because you can recharge it in two hours, and it'll run for 14 to 31 hours, okay? This will work. This is simple. This is keep it simple, stupid, okay? No cables, no nothing, just a 150-watt inverter, a battery charger, batteries, and mag light, flashlight, and headlamp, okay? Or whatever you want to use from your local store. The method I prefer to teach and the method that I use is that I either use compact for fluorescent lamps that are 5 watts or less. I mean, it says they, they draw 5 watts, which is equal to a 25-watt incandescent. You've all seen the boxes, 5 equals 25. So I'm talking about the actual power draw here, not what it's equivalent to. Uh, or I use LED bulbs. Now, 5 watts for a compact fluorescent bulb is enough light for an entire room when it's dark. You'd be amazed, okay? How can one candle light up a room? Because it's dark and your eyes adjust to the, the, uh, the, light, the low light real quickly. Humans actually have, uh, can see as good in the dark as a cat. It's just that a cat can see in the dark quicker than we can because our eyes have to dark adapt. Uh, you don't have to light the room like you do when you have full-time power. Okay, People always think, I've got to have my refrigerator. i got to have my freezer. i got to have all my lights on. No, you don't need to have all your lights on. You need to have one light on. Everything does not need to be a 100-watt bulb, especially in a disaster. Okay, And a 100-watt bulb would be a 27-watt compact fluorescent bulb, just FYI. Now, I can't find a good compact fluorescent 5-watt or less light bulb on Amazon. So I'm telling you, they're at Home Depot, and they're generally the ones for chandeliers. And many of them come with a mini chandelier base adapter, and some of them come with chandelier bases and the big base adapter. Uh, FYI, 
this will just be a little detailed, a regular light bulb socket. It's called an Edison base or an Edison socket named after <laughs> Thomas Edison, the guy who invented it. <laughs> Still using his socket after 120 years. A 5-watt or a 7-watt compact fluorescent bulb will also be fine. Use a 9-watt if you can't find a 5 or a 7. I think a 9-watt is too much light unless you need to need light because you're working on something like a car. Then you really do need a fair amount of light. Again, these are compact fluorescent bulbs. They use about one-fourth of the energy of an incandescent bulb. I'd prefer for you to stick with a chandelier type of bulbs and get the adapters so they go into the Edison sockets and try to stick with five watts or less, okay? You will be very, very happy with these. It being year 2012, what I prefer for you to use are LED light bulbs because you might break the glass around the LED portion, but you won't break the bulb. The LEDs will still be there, okay? Break a compact fluorescent bulb, the tube's broken, okay, it's broken and dead. Break an incandescent bulb, it's broken. Break an LED bulb, you just broke the decorative glass around it that makes it look like a normal bulb. I have listed at solar1234.com my favorite LED light bulbs. They're made from Lights of America. It's a 2-watt bulb, which puts out about the same light as a 20-watt incandescent, which is enough light for a room. Need more light? Use two of them in one room in two different locations. Heck, it's only 2 watts. Put one in each room. Five of these LED light bulbs draw only 10 watts. That's less than one amp of draw from the battery going to your inverter at your car. At this power level, you can, you can let it draw off the battery of the car for about 12 hours before you might idle the car for 30 to 60 minutes to put the energy back into the battery. This is, see, this is the whole thing. You want to sip. Like, like you're sipping for a cup, you want to sip low levels of energy off your car battery. So you do not need to run the car to power the inverter. You want the power level so low that you do not need to worry about killing the battery in the car. The AA, AAA battery charger takes nothing in terms of energy, okay? The low double-digit watts of like 10 watts, 12 watts of power, it's nothing. The LED lights take 2 watts each. This is the principle we are after. I call it the submarine approach. When you need to run the refrigerator, the TV from the 800-watt inverter, your cable box, your ice maker, you start the car, you let it idle, you power all the stuff you need to power, like a submarine running on the surface. It's running full power on its diesel engines. It's going 22 knots, and it's charging its batteries at the same time. Then after an hour or two of running on the surface, you turn off everything, and you run silent, run deep. You run on low amounts of energy just off the car battery, not at idle. This means you're running your AA battery charger, you're running your LED light bulbs, you're running your radio, you're charging your iPhone or your cell phone or your smartphone or your iPad or other tablet computer because you have games or movies or music on them that will help you pass the time where the power is, when the power has failed. This is called Run Silent, Run Deep. Go back and listen to this twice, okay? I don't have time in this show to really repeat it. Okay. Jack, <laughs> our, our next subject. Yeah, um, I mean, I think we've covered the lighting pretty well there, and like you said, that's why we have a podcast that people can rewind if they missed anything on that. Um, let's move on to a primary means of communication. Assuming that the storm hasn't wiped out the cell phone towers, uh, a lot of times we'll still have cell phone service, even when there's weak signal and different problems. Maybe a tower's lost, but there's still stuff. We can at least text and get information out. Uh, we get a lot of information across our cell phones. So it seems pretty simple that we would just 
charge up our cell phones with the system you've already set up, right? Yeah, very much. And don't forget about the, what Jack just said, okay? You, uh, in the blackout, all cell phones were down for about 24 hours, and then they came back up slowly after 24 hours. Even in Katrina, there were doctors down there, and they would go onto the top floor of the hospital, and they would text their friend in that's outside the zone, and they would coordinate the entire relief effort, okay, just by text messages. Uh, I have personally taught, you know, to take your cell phone and duct tape it to an eight-foot piece of uh, wood and hold it up in the air, and you got your earbuds or your Bluetooth sitting in your ear, so you can say, dial, dial jack, you know, dial home. And you're actually holding it up there to get a better signal as you're on top of your house with an eight-foot pole, you know, talking to your cell phone or your friend through your Bluetooth. So there's all sorts of little things you can do. Cell phone, talking about an incredible tool and a disaster, not just cell phones, but the iPhones and the Androids and other smartphones. I have a bunch of disaster tools on my Android phone, Jack. So there are two things that are important, okay? You need to have power for your cell phone, and you need to have data. The cell system, if the cell system is up and running, then you got data. That's out of your control, okay? But keeping your cell phone powered up is something that is under your control, and you can do very, very well. Yeah, I mean, a car charger. Yeah. I mean, yep. it's mean, it's pretty simple, right? Yeah, I'm going to make a little segue here. I have a few tools on my uh, phone that are pretty cool. I got a radio scanner, a police scanner utility that ties into all of the police scanners that are streamed on the Internet, so I can listen to the cops, the fire, and the ambulance in almost any major city. So it's like, you know, I can sit here on my cell phone, I can listen to everything going on in Pittsburgh, you know, without having a radio scanner just through my cell phone. And so if the power's failed, but I still got data and I can charge my cell phone, I can listen to all the cops in the local area and I can get the real news about what's going on without having listening to the news. Uh, the app is called Scanner Radio. I have weather apps, I have radar apps, weather.com, weatherbug, weather underground are three of them. I have Skype, I can make video calls or phone calls. I can show people something with a video or photos that helps a lot in getting something fixed, plus Skype gives me another phone line to use. All of the popular insurance agencies, State Farm, Allstate, et cetera, have apps for documenting damage to your home so you can submit a claim from your phone. Um, I have standalone, no data needed GPS features so I can find where I'm going uh, or you know, with my cell phone without any data, which is good if a tornado or hurricane wiped everything off the map. You can't even find where your house used to be. <laughs> I have uh, news apps like CNN and Fox News. I can get the news without turning on the TV. That's a good thing about you know having a smartphone. I have all my emergency contacts in there so I can get a hold of anyone. Of course, I have this printed out. In fact, somebody out there, someone listening to me right now, should write to Jack and tell him about all of the apps you have on your smartphone just for a disaster. You can be an all-new guest with a new subject on TSP. I think it would make a great show. Yeah, we've talked about it before, and I've given out some apps. Like you were mentioning the scanner apps. I have a, an app for the iPhone that's a scanner app called Five O Radio Pro, like Five O, like Hawaii Five O, uh -huh. that type of thing. And it's a great app. It, I think it costs four bucks, but it, it's worth it. It's got all any local thing you can think of is on there all across the United States. But it's even got stuff like what's going like like monitoring stuff with law enforcement in like Australia and England and and, and all. So it's it's an awesome app. But I'd love to get somebody on to talk about 
maybe some apps that we haven't covered and some other apps, and maybe some things like even like, well, but did you know you can also do this with this app? So that mm-hmm. would be great. But let's get back to just powering cell phones, because if we don't have power, the app ain't going to happen. You got that right. Okay, here's the rule of thumb. You got to have an AC charger and a DC car charger in each of the places you go. So you move the cell phone from location to location. You do not have to take your charger with you, and then you always have a spare one close by. So you have an AC wall charger and a DC charger at home, okay? And you have one in each car that you own, and you have an AC and DC charger at work. So if your charger at home breaks, there's a spare in the car. If you forget to charge your phone overnight, you can charge it in the car on the way to work and then at work. If something happens at work and you have to leave with someone else, you have an AC and DC charger at work you can take with you in their vehicle and not say, hey, I need to run to my car to get my charger. Where I used to work at Chrysler, it would take me 15 minutes to walk one way to my vehicle, okay? So it's good for you to have that in your desk at work and not just in your car. That way, if your charger breaks at work, you make the 15-minute walk and you get your spare out of your car. Do you guys understand the psychology I'm, I'm getting to here? Okay, if you did it, go back, rewind, and listen to it. Okay, I mean your kids have one at e- one of each charger at home as well as in their locker at school. If they get locked down at school or have to evacuate, uh, then they have chargers they can take with them, and they have communications with you. I don't care what the damn state laws are in your state, okay? Have your kids take a cell phone. Your kids should have a cell phone. They should know how to use it. They will take it to school. They will keep it off when, yep. if, you're, if the laws are at school, but yep. they will be able to turn on the cell phone and say, Mommy, I'm fine. I know. I heard we had something happen here. I'm fine. Yeah, pick me up at, at the, by the football field, okay? you got to have that. Absolutely, and I look at it this way. Teaching your kids to keep their cell phones concealed in school is good training in the future. When they become responsible armed citizens, they'll be able to keep their weapon concealed. So there you, you go. You got it, okay? As one of my instructors told me, it's called carrying it concealed for a reason. Most all cell phones and smartphone chargers today are going to be, again, this is year 2012, I'm talking to you about this. This will stay true for quite some time. All the cell phone chargers are going to be from a full-size USB connection, okay? That means what you plug it into in the wall is a full-size USB connection. There are three popular connectors on phones out there right now. There is the iPhone cable. That's one. There is a mini USB cable. That's two. And there is a micro USB cable. The micro USB being the most common on most of the non-Apple phones. That's number three. Note, I have the highest quality, highest rated, best prices on each of these cables listed on Amazon.com on solar1234.com right now. You can see the picture of the cable. You can see my description of it and the link to it on Amazon. You can go read the feedback, and uh, the feedback is outstanding. One of these cables have 982 five-star feedbacks on it, Okay. I have them. You know, Steve, I got to say something real quick. You got to really like a cable to bother with an Amazon review on a cable. That's not something you usually. I'm going to go write a review on my USB cable today. 
That's right. Okay. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm really telling you guys, I'm doing this for a reason. Okay. Not only do I love it, but everyone is linked to Amazon. Everyone at Amazon loves it. Okay. And I've beat them up. I've left them to bake in the car. I've sat on them. My cats chewed on them. I got them stuck in the center console of the truck and, you know, and, and, sh- and shut the door on them. They keep working. One, like, like I said, one of the cables has 982 five-star ratings on it. Wow. So when I say I'm suggesting something to you, I really mean it. I've had it for six months and five years. I'm not telling you about it. And the half, I'm not telling you about the half other dozen ones that I got that were junk that I threw out or they just didn't work, okay? Yeah, the cables are between five and nine bucks a piece. You can find the same cable for two bucks, but guess what? The two buck ones are junk. These five to nine dollar ones are not. Okay, so the cable to your phone is either iPhone, Apple, or it's a mini or micro USB. That means on the other end, there's a full-size USB connector, and these plug into a USB charger. One of these would come with your phone, probably a wall charger. But in the field of USB chargers, in the field of USB chargers, there are really three categories. There's the old ones that will only charge at one half of an amp. Okay? There are the new ones that will charge up to one amp. And there are the very new ones that are big enough to charge an iPad. And an iPad wants to be charged at two amps. My Samsung Android phone charges a lot faster with the newest, newer USB charger that can charge up to one amp than the charger that came with it that only charges at 0.5 amps. Okay, it's the difference between charging my phone in 45 minutes and charging my phone in an hour and a half to two hours. On solar1234.com, I also, the 150-watt inverter I mentioned that cost only 21 bucks, it also, it, it outputs 120 volts AC from the cigarette lighter. It's got a three-prong plug in there that you can plug into it. Plus, it has a 2.1 amp USB outlet on it and a 1 amp USB outlet on it. And I've been really loving this thing for about the last five months. That's why I put it up there. It's been rocking. I like it so far. Now, the big thing is you need to have a quality 120-volt AC wall USB charger, and you need to have a quality 12-volt DC car USB charger. I have two of my favorite ones, one of each, up on solar1234.com, and each one costs $9.99. These are $25 each at Walmart. They are 35 bucks each at Best Buy. They're $9.99 up at Amazon, okay? Good deal, no shipping, don't have to drive to the store, no gas to, to burn to do it. You order it, it shows up, I like it, that's me, that might not be you. The cables I mentioned, those cables are 15 to 20 bucks at, at uh, Walmart and 15 to 20 bucks at Best Buy. So the cables for Fire to $9.99 are a good price as well. I know this. I've had to buy them in a pinch when I had one of the ones I was testing fail on me. It's like I'm up north with my wife and my relatives, and it's like the cable I'm testing failed. And it's like, okay, where's my other one? I don't have one. i got to go to Best Buy. I pay 30 bucks for a new cable and charger. Okay? It, then I go on Amazon and find a damn thing cheaper. <laughs> That's how I find these things for you guys. Okay? I spend a lot of money. You can look at the feedback comments on these units. They are all nearly five stars, none of them below four stars. They work very well, and I entrust them for my use. I have my wife use them at home, work, 
And in her car, I have my close friends, the people I teach. I mean, Jack's going to use these things. Okay. I'm, in, I'm not, I know your safety is going to be dependent upon these. I take it very seriously. There's one more thing I have been using the heck out of. Okay. There are portable lithium batteries. Not the AA types, okay? These are these are little battery chargers, and what they are is a lithium battery. They're from uh, Duracell and other companies. You charge it up via USB charger. So you take the battery, it's a square, you plug it into the USB charger, you charge it up. They then hold in the lithium cells the energy that you just charged them up until you plug in your phone by USB into the lithium battery to use that energy to charge your phone. Invariably, I forget to plug in my Android at night, okay? And when I wake up, I have a phone with a battery at 20%. So I do my morning stuff, hop in my truck, plug in my phone either into the truck or one of these lithium batteries. I only have a 10-minute drive to work at the moment. So it's really not enough to charge my phone up on a long commute to work. So I got these lithium batteries. I walk around with both the phone in my pocket and one of these lithium batteries charging it. I become a big fan of these, okay? I wasn't at first. Especially when my wife forgets to charge her iPhone 4. I just go, here, honey, take one of these. And it'll charge her phone up to about 75% from nothing. That's the Duracell one I've been using a lot of. I have a link to it on solar1234.com, but I've started using this bigger one from Trent. That's T-R-E-N-T if you want to go Google it. I'm using the most out of it now, okay? And I'm using the 5,200 milliamp version of it. That means it holds 5,200 milliamp hours of energy in the battery. That's three and a half times the charge of an iPhone. iPhone's about 1,800 milliamp hours of battery capacity. That's more than enough to charge my Android from nothing to 100% three times, okay? It's the right size in my hand. It's like, it's like the size of a phone in my hand. It fits in my pocket, especially with my jacket. It's 31 bucks on solar1234.com, linked to Amazon, for 5,200 milliamp hours. And it's better than the $19 Duracell ones I've been using that are only 1,800 milliamp hours. Trent even has a 12,000 milliamp hour battery that I've used, and I think it's too big. <laughs> that's also on the site just in case you want something that will power your iPhone for an entire week. I'm not joking, an entire week. But like I said with the AA battery chargers, the two-hour battery charger that charges eight of them in two hours is a sweet spot. You don't need the one-hour charger. I'm telling you the same thing with this Trent lithium battery. The 5,200 milliamp hours is more than enough. It will charge your phone three times. It's small enough to fit in your hand. It'll fit in your pocket. It won't stick out like your big Sig Sauer or your Glock full-size gun, okay, printing through your shirt. You know, it's not too big. But if you want the 12,000 milliamp-hour battery, go get it. It's all yours. If you're going to the jungle, take the 12,000 milliamp battery. Okay, guys, here's something very important. Okay, and it regards batteries. Let me go back and cover something with you on batteries. If you have an emergency kit or a go bag or something that is intended for a disaster or intended for you getting stuck someplace and it takes AA or AAA batteries, whatever it is that's in your bag, 
the batteries you have in that device are Energizer lithium AA or AAA batteries, the blue and silver ones, okay? There's yellow and silver. Those are good. Blue and silver are the best. Energizer, lithium, AA or AAA. These have the highest capacity. They have the longest storage life. They have the longest shelf life, over 15 years. And at 15 years, it'll still have 85% of its energy that from the day that you bought it 15 years previous. So we're talking year 2027. It'll have 87% of its energy if stored at room temperature. They have the highest performance in the extreme cold and the extreme heat. Okay? So Energizer, Lithium, Blue and Silver, AA or AAA batteries. They're like so you're not an Energizer fan on the rechargeables, but you are on, on, on these. On lithiums, you got it exactly. Got it. They're like eight of them are like twenty bucks. Okay, they're expensive, and they're also light. They're the lightest batteries on the market. They're very lightweight. Okay, if you cannot get Energizer, AA, AAA, blue and silver lithiums for your go bag, your next best choice is AA or AAA Duracell copper top alkaline batteries. Again, not the Energizer AA or AAA batteries. The Duracell AA or AAA alkaline batteries. Energizer for AA or AAA lithium batteries, Duracell for alkaline batteries. These are from my personal tests and my lifelong experience. Again, if you don't have any choice, an Energizer AA uh, alkaline battery is better than no battery. Now, let's say you're at home and you have your radio and your headlamp and your flashlight and they're loaded with Energizer lithium, and your mother's house is blown away by a tornado, and you need to go hop in the car at midnight in the rain to run to your mother's house and help her look for her lost cat. You are keeping the lithiums in the device. If you're stuck in a hurricane shelter and a Cat 3 or Cat 5 hurricane is blowing by and you've got no other way to get power from your car and to recharge things, if your car's not underwater to begin with, you are keeping your Energizer lithium or Duracell alkalines in your tools. I'm making an important point here, guys. Listen to this twice. If you are at home and your power fails from a thunderstorm, from a drunk driver hitting a telephone pole, from whatever, you are taking your lithium or alkaline emergency batteries out of your lights and radios and tools and your go bag and you are putting in the pre-charged nickel metal hydride batteries into the device because you are just going to use them around the house, and you can recharge them with, with power from your car easily, and you can save the lithium batteries for a real disaster when you are isolated from power and you need the best of the best of the best to be available to you at any time. Okay, you guys understand the principle? Don't use your lithiums and then use it at home and then go use your, your rechargeables. Just take the lithiums out, put the rechargeables in. Again, the only two brands of pre-charged AA or nickel or AAA nickel metal hydride batteries I am going to suggest are the Sanyo Enloops, S-A-N-Y-O-E-N-E-L-O-O-P-S, two words, and the Duracell nickel metal hydride AA or AAA batteries that clearly say pre-charged on them, or the Duracells might say 
active charge on them. Just saying rechargeable on the package means they are older nickel metal hydride technology, which is better than no nickel metal hydride technology, okay? If you can get the ones that say pre-charged, I want you to have those. Rayovac did have my favorite pre-charged AA, AAA nickel metal hydride batteries. They were called hybrids. But those are gone from the market now, and Rayovac now has new line of pre-charged nickel metal hydrides out that I am testing. But I don't have half of a year of experience and data on them, so I'm not suggesting you get them yet. Stick with the ones I suggest, especially the end loops. Again, I have them at the lowest price, four of them, eight of them, 16, 20 packs on Amazon.com at solar1234.com. I have the direct link to the newest ones that can be charged up to 1,500 times. There are quite a few listings for end loops on Amazon. I took the time to select the newest ones that I have that are shipped directly to you by Amazon, not a third party, and they're Amazon.com Prime eligible. That, my friends, concludes the second part of Steve Harris talking about energy and emergency power for your house. Awesome, awesome stuff, Steve. And it's all simple. That's what I love about what you do. I can bring you on here, and we can talk about the high technological you know, aspects of whether or not we should be using ethanol and how do you make it, and you can explain all the biochemistry. When it comes down to the nuts and bolts thing that people are going to do, you make it simple and easy, and you use the stuff that we can go down and buy at any store. You can buy it at any store. You can buy it at Amazon. You can get it at Walmart. You can get it at your local hardware store. I, I, you can go, go on Solar One Two Three Four. click on the link, go look at it at Amazon. And go, okay, I know that one, and go buy it from your local store, okay? Do whatever you so desire. It is up to you. I'm just, I want to enable you. And enabling to me means I teach it to you, I show it to you, and I tell you how to get it, and I tell you what it's good for and what it's not good for, and I'm all about that. And speaking of alcohol, <laughs> I need to mention that the TSB MSB discount still applies to the alcohol kits and stills that I'm shipping, uh, and they are at there's a link on for it at solar1234.com, but it's imakemygas.com. They are in stock for the first time since January. I have stock of stills right now. If you order one today, I will ship it to you by UPS ground to you today okay that is until i run out of stock again if you've been wanting one get it now and uh think about moonshine stills again these are moonshine stills that make car fuel i <laughs> I, I i got the whole video for it um now making moonshine to drink is illegal in the usa but if you were in a country where it was legal to run this little tabletop still in your kitchen, the size of a coffee maker, in the privacy of your own personal home with the door shut and the curtains strong. I bet that moonshine in this country, uh, like New Zealand, it's legal to do it there, would be a huge trading currency during a disaster. I bet you could get almost anything you want for a couple jars of moonshine, Jack, in a disaster. Not to mention it's an excellent preservative. We can use it to make herbal remedies and medications. You know, alcohol can be medicinal. 
a fire starter as well. It can be a topical disinfectant for disinfecting and cleaning and everything else. There's a thousand uses for it. Um, you can put ice into it, and you can get it down to minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit. It can go very cold. Um, there's lots of uses for it. And, again, I got a complete 21-minute video for free at the top of imakemygas.com that shows you exactly how to make alcohol in your kitchen with the still from sugar and yeast. I show you everything just like I showed you everything during this whole entire show. And that's it. That's my only sales pitch. I love you guys. I put lots of effort into making these two shows for you. They're hands-on. What I want you to do is if I miss something, okay, invariably I did, I want you to call into Jack's phone number, and I want you to leave the question for me, okay? You leave a voicemail with the question. Jack will send me the, the voicemail. I'll listen to it, and then I will record an answer for you, and then I'll send it back to Jack, and he'll play it during one of his upcoming shows. So if you – this um, – what do you call it? Not your council, your, no, your, your panel. You're, you're a member of the expert council, and, yep. and and just let me add to that to remind people for anybody that's on the council that you want to do that for. When you call for Steve, or if you call for Tim, or one of the other people, or Joe Nobody, or what have you, as soon as you hang the phone up, send me an email and tell me you called in the number you called from. That way, I'll give it priority in the queue and make sure it goes off so that's on the next show on the expert council calls. Uh, I give those calls priority over everything else that comes in. So if you've been wanting to get a question answered on the show and you got one for Steve, that would be a way to make sure that you're in the you know, 10 to 20% of calls that get on the air every week. And if you send that email, I'll guarantee you it'll get screened. If you don't send that email, just to call volume alone, it may not get screened. So it's very important for Steve or any of the expert council members, always shoot me an email right after you. Say, Jack, I just called the Think Line. I'll remind everybody of that number, 866 866- 65-T-H-I-N-K, 866-65-THINK. I just called the think line. I left a question for Steve Harris or Tim Glantz or whatever. I called from, you know, just even just give me the area code you called from, and I'll spot it like that fast. Yeah, yeah. And look, this is the Church of Jack, and we wouldn't be in the Church of Jack if it wasn't for the congregation. <laughs> you guys... You know, you guys are the reason I do this, okay? You guys are the reason I spend so many hours getting ready for shows, writing stuff. I mean, it took me two days to make all those links on solar1234.com. I mean, I kid you not, it took me two days to make that, okay, for you. It's just not something I threw up in five, ten minutes. I'm about enabling you, and I do this because you guys are so serious, because you call back with the questions. You write me with questions. You can go to... My email is someplace on solar1234.com. You can go there and email me a question if you don't want to call on the Jack. I'll answer you personally. Um, again, Jack, your show is awesome. Your audience is incredible. I am thrilled. It is a privilege and an honor to be here and to participate in this great little empire you've built. I'm thrilled to be on here for 10 times. Uh, it, it, it's wonderful. And... Uh, Wait until the next show. I'm yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get you back on again. I'll have Dorothy get in touch with you to schedule you uh, for next lots of open. Okay, and maybe next time we'll talk about generators and powering your house and how to store fuel and all the other stuff that I got. That would be a great, great topic. And Steve, again, thank you for being here. Thank you for all the effort you put in. I, I appreciate it. I know the audience does as well. Okay, Jack, you're wonderful. Good night, everyone. Hope you enjoyed both shows. 
All right, with that, folks, this has been Jack Spirico today again, along with Stephen Harris, helping you figure out how to live that better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't. Sometimes we forget we are what we eat. I don't know the answer. It's like there's nothing I can do. It's the price we pay, I guess, when we follow all the rules. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way. Shut